Ladies, I'm so excited to be back with you again. You know I love you. You know I love our girl talks. I love this road trip that we're on. If you are tuning in for the first time, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to Good Morning Ladies with Candy Bryant. Now, if you are new, I just want to give you a little recap. We are on a 90-day road trip, so welcome, (laughs) first of all, and welcome to Karen, who is on the line with me as well. Welcome to our road trip, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So every guest that comes on, we have that little surprise. Like, you didn't know you were going to be on a 90-day road trip with a bunch of women you've never met and have never seen, but we created that just to have a little fun with this. And what it is, it's a journey. This whole life is a journey, right? So we have decided that this series is 90 days to shutting down fear and anxiety. And every speaker, every guest has been has brought so much good stuff on this trip, on this journey. The end goal is to end this road trip in victory, that we are different than when we started. And I feel myself changing, Karen. So would you introduce yourself? This is Karen Millsap, and I will let you say good morning to the ladies and a little bit about you know, where you're from and, and what do you do? Yes. Well, again, thank you so much for having me on this road trip. I love road trips. I'm a wanderlust at heart. So <laughs> I am all about exploring and being on a journey. And you are so right. This life is a journey. You know, I think about it sometimes and I'll, I'll get to my story, but I just kind of want to drop this little quick golden nugget. I was reading this book and it's called Designing Your Life. And it encourages you, you know, kind of on the more professional side to be open to uh, where you end up. And there is this little nugget in there that said, if you think about your day, it never really pans out how you planned it from the morning. So we plan our Mm. day like you, you know, I'm organized. I have to know what time I'm doing things. And very rarely does our entire day go as planned. And you know what? It's the same thing with life. Very rarely does our life go exactly as planned. And so we just have to have this, this flexibility and this open mind and faith that regardless of what happens in life, that we're going to be able to overcome it and get through it with our Heavenly Father. So thank you again for, for specifically talking, you know, in these 90 days that this transformation can happen and doing it together because doing it with somebody else and as a community is so powerful. It's just so powerful. So good for you, Candy. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, and you are, you have become a great support. And in, in our last conversation that we had just over the phone, you were such an encouragement and you're right. I mean, it's, we do plan and we are planners. And we talked before we started recording today that, okay, Candy is going to get out of the way. We want the ladies to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. No matter what this podcast is about, if you just turned, made another turn down this road and started talking about someone else, it would something else. It would be for someone listening. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and I think you and I have the same heart. Um, so I'm going to kick us off with a question, but I want to open us up in prayer. And ladies, if you would, are you, if you're listening, join your heart and your mind in, let's get into a quiet place and shut out all the distractions and just let the spirit of God move. So father, I thank you. I thank you for this time, God, you are so precious to us. Your Holy spirit is here and we give you full reign. Holy spirit, have your way speak your truth, and I thank you, God, that hearts will be ministered to, that mindsets will be changed and broken, and God, I thank you that there'll be healing and victory at the end of this discussion. Bless Karen, and thank you, God, for introducing us, and thank you for her story, God. I, I, I bless her and this journey that she's on. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, that was so good. So good. <laughs> Awesome, sir. I'm going to kick us off with this question, but then, of course, I definitely want you to jump into your story. But 
right now I do have a lot of women in my circle and maybe in your circle, and they're always asking, okay, how do I just get a hold of this fear and anxiety in these thoughts? So my question is, in your opinion, what is the greatest weapon we have as women to shutting down fear and anxiety? Well, the first thing that I like to tell everybody who's going through any kind of emotional distress, right, because that can come as a wide range of emotions, <laughs> is that we are human. We are beautifully complex beings. We have all these emotions that are in us that are just they can be used at the appropriate time. You know, if you feel um, anger or if you feel anxiety, that can actually be used in a positive way, right? It's just how you utilize it. So for mm-hmm. women, though, we are very unique in the sense that we naturally empathize with people and we're able to show a level of vulnerability that for, for men, for example, feels really, really uncomfortable, Now, the reason why empathy and vulnerable are really great assets when it comes to combating fear and anxiety is because that's how we find our community of sisters who help to uplift us when we feel overcome by these emotions, when we feel like these have a grip on us and and we don't know how to shake it ourselves and Maybe we've tried everything, you know, maybe we've been praying, maybe we've been, uh, you know, trying to shift our mind to something positive, but we just feel so overwhelmed with these emotions that I have been there and I've found strength through other people. I've had to go to my sisters and say, hey, I need you to pray for me, or maybe tell me a, a positive story, or you know what, tell me how you overcame this. So by sharing this level of vulnerability and saying, I need your help, I need someone else's help, I need love to be just poured over me and I need people to pray over me, that allows the Holy Spirit to move within people who are meant to support us and uplift us. Iron sharpens iron, right? And so if if we tap into this natural state of vulnerability, then on the flip side, like I just talked about, then the empathy comes through. So one of us has to be vulnerable enough to say, listen, I'm going through this, but then we're going to our sister who has, again, an innate ability to empathize with us because we're motherly, right? Empathy means that you care for somebody. Compassion means that you do something <laughs> that you're, to show that you care. And so we have both of these factors that really just balance out when somebody's being vulnerable. And because, again, that's our natural state, then there's no there's no shame or, or there's less shame, I think, than our male counterparts, our brothers, who they have to kind of battle because they're meant to uh, sometimes, mm-hmm. I guess, society, society will make them feel like they have to be stoic, right? They have to be macho. Right. They can't show those kinds of emotions. But for us, thank God it's okay. We need to lean into that. We need to not feel shame with those kinds of emotions, but instead reach out to somebody because that's what we're here to do as believers and, and really as humans. We're here to uplift each other and to, to love on each other and to care for one another, especially in our deepest and darkest hours. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. And, you know, um, as I was thinking about, you know, the ladies listening, I really want them to understand your story. Now, not all of them have seen you on the TED Talk, on TEDx Talk, but we are, you know, we're all in this vehicle together. I, I imagine we have this big mm-hmm. oversized SUV. And so we have been getting to know each and every guest. And your story is so powerful, Karen. And not only that, but you are known as the grief consultant. 
That's correct. Yep. That's right. So if you if you would, I definitely want at the end of this, the ladies to know how to contact you or how to how to learn more about your business and ministry. But you are an HR professional, but you also have this amazing ministry now that God has given to you. And so tell us about this amazing journey. Yeah, so I don't think that I would have called it amazing uh, when I started on this journey, but I'll I'll tell you a story that just came up in a sermon recently that really put this in perspective for me. Um, So my husband was murdered four years ago, and even though I have done a lot of work on this healing journey, and for the most part, when people see me, um, I shouldn't say for the most part, when people see me, they say that I'm positive. And for the most part, I am, but I still carry the weight of my husband's absence, right? And my, my son missing his father. Um, but the sermon that kind of put perspective on, on my journey was, uh, my, I go to real life, my pastor, Justin, telling the story about uh, Good Friday. Um, and gosh, actually... Candy, I may be wrong because I listened to so many sermons online too. I don't know if he preaches one or if I saw it from Stephen Furchick from Elevate about Elevation Church. They're all <laughs> okay. good. They're but all I, good. I, and I, it's, I, a, it's, it's a it's a compliment, was, right? <laughs> I saw I'm like, wait, was this from Stephen or was this from Justin? Maybe it was Joel. Okay. The point is God gave me this word. It doesn't matter what vessel it came through. God gave me this word. Amen. And it was it was talking about Good Friday, right? And so Good Friday, when it happened, it wasn't good. Jesus died. He was crucified. He was in pain. He felt like his father had turned his back and forsaken him. It was not a Mm. good Friday, but it ended up being the change and the shift that impacted all of our lives, right? It turned into something good. It was a day that changed how we live our lives. And so for me, even though that wasn't a, I would never have classified that as a good Monday, I can see how that impact, that tragedy, that what I thought was, you know, the end of my life as well, because I didn't think that I was going to come out on the other side successfully, that that Mm. was used to put me in a place that isn't aligned with God's will for my life. And listen, I say that with a heavy heart, because if I could do anything, I'd bring my husband back. But I do know, as I kind of mentioned before, is there's nothing we can do to predict or even change things that have happened in our life. And it says in the Bible, in this world, you will have trouble. And so what we need to do is to just first accept that there's going to be some really hard, terrible things that we go through, crappy things that we go through, messy things that we go through. But what are we going to do with that? How is that going to impact our journey? Because that's where I think Mm. we really find the purpose for our life, right? Just like Jesus. That was so messy. He didn't want to go through that, but that was the purpose for his life. And so for me, I'll I'll backtrack a little bit, a little more about my story. When my husband died, um, you know, again, he was murdered. We, we still don't even know who did it. It's been four years. So imagine having no closure to this kind of just violent tragedy. And my son was two at the time. So of course, not only am I grieving for myself and my loss, but I'm grieving for my son. I'm grieving that he'll never have the, the pure, authentic love of his father. Even if I do end up remarrying down the line or, or you know, he, and he has a stepdad, it still doesn't, I feel like it'll never really compare. <laughs> now, I pray that God sends the right person, but when you're in this state of, of grief, you're just thinking mm. about how everything has ended. Whatever you planned has come to an end, right? 
so I'm journeying and I, I end up going back to work um, about two months later. And uh, I think that I'm progressively healing and getting better. And maybe I was telling myself a false reality. I know I was in a fog for the first year, but I thought that I was performing at work. And, uh, and I can say that my numbers proved it, but whatever it was, I would say, I, I like to think that it's God. About a year after working, I was all of a sudden terminated. Yes, I was fired from my position, and that was the kick that I needed to start on this journey. And that's why I say it was God. You know, even if I look back and felt like, oh, you know, maybe I missed the mark here, or no, I was performing really well here. It doesn't matter how I evaluate what I was doing in that position. The point is, I was no longer supposed to be in that position. And let me tell you, at the end of that year, after losing my husband, losing my car, my house, my job, I mean, friends, family, my world was turned upside down. And one day I found myself on the ground and I was just crying out to God. And I said, what is going on? I'm going to believe that this is all for a reason, that this is all for a purpose, but man, I need you to show up and just be undeniably present so that I know where I'm supposed to go from here. Because I do believe that as we go through seasons, that there are things that are going to have to be removed. Again, even if we don't plan our life out that way, we have to be open to the changes that happen in order to really ride this life on faith, right? If We, we can't just say that we have faith. We actually have to go through things where our faith is strengthened. And that that was a moment where my faith was really it was wavering, <laughs> but it right, was strengthened. Right. It, it was strengthened. You know, I have a son that I have to provide for. What do I do from this point? So, so what I did was I leveraged uh, my my professional skills at that point and my uh, connections, and I started doing some recruiting. Now, the funny thing is, you have to be open minded and and kind of look back to really see how God sets you up for where you're going. Now, although I was a recruiter. In every single position, Candy, I was in some sort of uh, training role. I was either training Hmm. people to go through reorgs, or I was the first recruiter, and I was actually creating their entire process. I was training their, uh, you know, team uh, all across the country. So, so all of the and what I found was that's what I loved the most about my job. It wasn't necessarily the recruiting part. I, I enjoyed the recruiting part, but I'd been doing it for, you know, 10 years. And so it was, it was kind of like the natural thing. But what I loved was the training. So when I was terminated, I went right to, to recruiting. And about six months after uh, doing this, and of course not feeling fulfilled, a friend of mine, and this is why I say you have to be vulnerable and you have to have your, your sisters around you to speak to you. She, was, yeah. she and I were working on something and she said to me, Karen, why are you delaying what God has in store for you? What he wants you to do. And I said, what do you mean? Now, at that time, I just thought, well, maybe I'll put together a nonprofit that'll help widows transition back to the workplace, right? Because I knew that I wanted to use my pain for something uh, to help others. God kind of gave me those words um, soon after my husband died. I just wasn't ready to receive it. But he said, you're going to take your pain, you're going to turn into purpose, and you're going to pay it forward. So at this point, Mm. I thought, well, maybe it will be a nonprofit. You know, maybe I'll just help them. I know a lot about recruiting, and, and that's when my mind was stuck. Man, let me tell you, you have to be open-minded to really see where God is going to be. Not even know. No, no, no. Let me back up. You have to be open-minded to be obedient because you don't know where God's going to take you. (laughs) So so she said this to me and 
I was kind of like, what do you mean? Like, I, I don't really know what to do with that business. Nobody's going to talk about grief, you know, blah, blah, blah. I had all of these excuses. And so she said, okay. She said, well, you know, let's just do, there was a couple of business practices, exercises. She said, let's try this. So we looked up some numbers and I wrote down some ideas. And don't you know, as clear as day, I, I, for three days, I just kind of meditated on this idea and I was asking God and I had, she was praying for me. And it just became so clear that, no, you need to do something about grief in the workplace because that's what's stifling people. Well, now I'm going to come back to what the next year looked like because it was, <laughs> it was a lot. But basically what I found out over the next year of this journey as my heart became open to what God wanted to do uh, through me, it turned out that it wasn't just for widows. It was about grief. And what I found wow. was grief is not just the result of a death. Grief can come from divorce. Grief can come from cancer. You know this. You know, grief can yeah. come from your kids moving out, empty nest syndrome. Grief can come through changes in the job. You know, grief can come if you have a financial setback. Maybe you didn't lose your job, but maybe there was a huge setback that occurred. Grief can come if you become the caregiver for somebody who's sick or, or somebody yes. who's been in an accident, right? There are all of these different – grief can come from losing your pet. And I don't minimize that anymore. I would kind of laugh that off before, but no, some people, their pets are like their children. And so my mind just was blown by all of this information because my heart was open and receptive to receive it. And so then that's where I started to formulate this idea. Okay, I've been in training. I know that grief is more than just death. Um, you know, I'm connecting with other people. I'm, I, I hadn't really started to share my story at that point because I was a little... I was a little apprehensive. I'll be honest. There was still some fear that was tied to all the losses that had occurred. And, uh, and, and especially with my, and I, and I mean, even not just my husband, uh, my husband's death, but the other losses. I don't know. I, I talked to you guys about vulnerability, but that's only because I had to allow my, I went through a journey of letting that vulnerability come out and come out faster and sooner in conversations with people because I would suppress it. So anything I tell you, I'm not just telling you because it sounds good. I've actually lived it. I've had to work it. I've had to put it into practice. And so as I just became open to, okay, what does this look like? How do I shape it? That's how agency, uh, my company started to be born. And so last year, actually last July, um, was when I said, okay, God, uh, I think I need to start telling my story. And I don't really know how to. I don't really like this feeling. I'm, re I'm really, really uncomfortable about it. Um, but it was because when I was sharing it one-on-one -on -one with people, I saw how their weight seemed to just leave their heart because they mm -hmm. knew that I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one who has been through something really, really tough and felt crazy and felt discouraged and defeated. And so as I started on... Uh, trying to create these resources for other people, my healing was ignited, reignited, I would say. I was so mm. consumed with like these connections and I just felt their pain and I just, and I could relate and I was happy that me sharing my story was bringing some healing to them. And then they would share their story and it would bring healing to me. And it was just this exchange of like beautifully complex emotions. And that's why I say we have to talk about it. We have to really have that vulnerability because the more that you share, the more healing happens between you and that person. Yes. So I got to this point where I just had the ultimate clarity and, and I, I actually ha even had another level of clarity that happened in the last few months. Um, again, I, I was just so focused on grief and that's what I was trying to, you know, pound into corporate America. 
And then God kind of took me on this journey and revealed to me that it's not, and, and now this is just specific to the workplace, but it'll tie back. In the workplace, it's not just about talking or, or excuse me, giving and providing solutions uh, to handle grief. It's about the kind of culture that we are creating. Are we creating cultures that allow people to feel safe? You know, they, they can bring themselves, their full self to work. And the only way that that can happen is if we have compassion and if we have empathy. And if we create cultures that naturally have compassion and empathy ingrained in them, then when grief presents itself, they already know how to respond. Now, what I tell wow. people in the workplace, yeah, what I tell people in the workplace is you already know this stuff. It's not rocket science. These are the kind of tools that, and uh, natural behaviors that you exhibit with friends and with loved ones and family, right? Now we just need to give permission to be human at work. And so I, I love that. But what I've found is that we need a lot more of that even in our, our, um, our personal relationships. We need a lot more compassion. We need a lot more empathy, and especially in our world today, because we may not agree with everything somebody else does, but if we're operating from the lens of our Heavenly Father, He is of love. He is of patience and, and kindness, and those are the things that make up compassion and empathy. So I'm doing it in my work, but you know that is why, and that's how it ties to my ministry. Grief completely changed my perspective of life. It absolutely did. And a year for a year after my husband died, I didn't go to church. It was hard for me too. But I got closer to God during that time than I have ever been before because I just kept going to him and going and asking and seeking and listening and crying and, and being real with him because he's our father and he knows us and he loves us and he'll take us where we are. And so I was just so consumed in that space with him. And, and when my relationship was strengthened, it changed something in me and how I interact with other people, how I show up for other people, you know, even how I create mm. healthy boundaries to preserve, you know, my energy so that I can, I can be the best version of myself to, to serve other people. Um, so it has certainly been a journey. I feel like I've been talking for 17 minutes. Sorry, but um, <laughs> that's how I, that's no. how I got to this point. <laughs> I told you, I just, I, I, I've always been this way. I had I was the friend who was the good listener and I would just ask questions because I, I truly, truly wanna know and I know that the ladies are sitting, like hanging on every word of our guests. So I give the platform <laughs> for you to minister and I, I have I'm writing notes as you're talking, so I had some questions <laughs> that actually popped up about what yeah. you're saying because it's so, so good. So um oh one thing that I wrote down, I put quotes around it. Are we delaying what God has for us. And that's for another show. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. for another show. But that is so good. And then um, one of the things that you were saying was that the more we share, the more healing um, comes into our lives. And so and we have to be brave to do that, don't you think? Absolutely. It takes courage to endure pain. It really, really, really does. It is not easy um, it's not easy to be vulnerable because we're in our own minds. So we, we don't know, we only know what's going on up there. Right. And so right. the, the devil, man, he is so whew, wicked. Yeah. <laughs> he can yeah. turn anything around to, to paralyze you and paralyze you with fear. But I'm telling you, when you give voice to those emotions, that's how you realize that you're not alone and that we all have the same crazy things going on in our head. It's so true. Yeah. 
It's so true. Um, I remember there was a woman, we have a, a prayer group of ladies that we've been actually praying together for like nine years. And I remember wow. getting a text one morning and I usually say, send me your text, you know, request. And when we get on our conference call, we'll pray for your prayer request. And I got this text that said, you know, please don't share this with anyone. I've been really struggling in this area and that area. And um, I just don't want to talk about it anymore because I feel like people are brushing me off. And I think that, you know, that is also one of the enemy's tricks is to, to shut us down and make us feel like we're on an island. But I think this thing that you're talking about, sharing and being surrounded and having a safe place to share is so important. I love that. So I'm going to put some of these notes actually on the podcast page. Yeah. And, you know, um, I would say this because <clears throat> I learned that, you know, I lost some friends along the way. And, um, and I remember even saying to one of my friends, um, her name is Jamie and she used to come over like all the time. I mean, just about every single day she would come over and she would just lay with me sometimes. I mean, and, and, and now four years later, she would say, I didn't think I was doing enough. I didn't think, you know, I would I know how to show up. And sometimes, just being present is all we need. And so um, it's not like you have to do anything big. It's not like you have to do any grand gestures. But, you know, I say this all the time. The smallest gesture can make an enormous impact on someone's life. But here's the thing. Mm. I, met, I mentioned that I lost friends. And that will happen. You will go through seasons that are really, really tough for you. And people won't stick by your side. And that's because they're not supposed to be with you where God is taking you. It's hard to let go of that. It's hard to accept that. It's hard to even believe that that could be true. But I do. And a lot of the losses that I experienced, I mean, they were traumatic. And I just, I never would have guessed that I, you know, that this person would no longer be in my life. But now, again, you know, I see why that was necessary. I may not still be okay with it, but I, but I, I trust in God more than I trust in my own inhibitions. And so mm. if this person is not showing up how I need them to while I'm in a fragile state, then I know that not only do I need to lean more on God, because maybe I was leaning too much on them. I was trying to find too much comfort from them and whatever that looks like. Right. But I have to believe that if they're no longer with me, that's because God allowed that. And I got to be okay. Oh, with wow. That. We have to be okay with that. Oh my goodness. That is so good. I, you know, I, I told you, I was like, whatever, com whatever direction this conversation, whatever direction <laughs> we drive on this journey, <laughs> it's going to be yeah. good for someone. So I had one last thought here that I wrote down. And it, you know, really ties everything together before we move towards the close here. I thought about the fears and anxieties that we have and how they're somehow related to grief or loss in our past. And some, for some of us, even loss or grief in our childhood, and they pop up as anxieties and fears today as grown women. And I have a question for you because I know that this is your area of expertise. Are we grieving correctly? I know that there's a whole mm -hmm. process and a science science to it, which I'm 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 no expert. But are we grieving correctly or long enough, or what does that look like? So, um, well, actually, there is no science to it. <laughs> and, and good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's no roadmap to grief. You know, two mm -hmm. siblings could experience the same loss of a parent and feel completely different about it. Because we're all different. We are all different. How we respond to things. Uh, you know, yes, the past and what we're carrying from our past and our present situations will impact how we grieve and how we respond. So 
So there really is no roadmap, but there are some tools that are important that we as society start to embrace. Um, some of the myths I like to say that we've been using are what have prevented us from healing. Uh, for example, t people will say, oh, time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it does mm. nothing. Time does nothing without healthy action. And I like to use this, this analogy. If you broke your arm, would you sit there and wait for time to heal it? No. Mm. You would say, I need to go to the doctor. Maybe I need to get a cast. Maybe I need to get some screws in it, right? Like you would take action. And then over time, yes, it starts healing. But if you didn't do anything, that, that broken arm could get infected or wouldn't heal right. You wouldn't have as much mobility. It's the same thing with a broken heart. If you don't take healthy action over time, you're not going to have a, you're, you're not going to be able to work through that in the best way that you could if you had decided to take, if you had decided to accompany healthy action with the time that's going to pass. Time's going to come and go anyway, right? But it's what you do during that time that is going to help you to heal. Another myth that we use often is stay busy. Staying busy is a temporary distraction and it only suppresses the natural emotions that we need to work through in our hearts and in our minds. So some of the mm -hmm. tools that now I told you everything that doesn't work. Let me tell you some things that do work. <laughs> Even if you're carrying uh, the weight of emotions from your childhood or, um, you know, maybe from a previous breakup and you're in a new relationship, there are things that you can do that will help you to just um, address those emotions. And that's a really big thing. We can't ignore them. We have to address them. Um, and for you to also create, uh, cultivate some healthy habits around there. So one, as we talked about, is talking. You need to be able to talk about it. And maybe you don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. talking to, you know, your close inner circle. Find a counselor. Find a coach. You know, every coach needs a coach. Every counselor needs a counselor. So it, I, the reason they say that is because we do have a lot of things in our heart and we have to give that voice. So hopefully you have a friend and so you don't have to pay a lot of money, you know, to see a therapist or anything. But even <laughs> if you don't, in, invest in yourself. Make that investment in yourself because talking about what we're going through is huge on the healing journey. Another thing is you have to give yourself permission to cry. We hold our tears back and you can almost feel the energy just being stuck in our necks when you're holding the, mm. when you're holding your tears back, right? And that's because it's not natural. We're not supposed to hold it in. We're supposed to let it out. So here's a tip that I give people because sometimes you get overwhelmed with emotions and it's not the right time for you to cry. Say you're at work or, you know, in your high stress environment or something. So I call this containment. So you have to tell yourself, again, the, the, the mind is a very powerful thing. So you tell yourself, I cannot process this right now, but I will come back to it at, and say, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, right, whenever you're in a position to do so. Now, I tell mm -hmm. people that, and they're like, well, I don't know how to trigger it again. Well, here's another tool for that. <laughs> Create a playlist of songs that um, make you cry. You know, if you've experienced a loss, sometimes it's songs that um, make you think of that person. Or maybe they're just uh, praise songs that you know. I have a lot of praise songs that will just stir up the Holy Spirit in me. And I, I don't mm. even know where it's coming from sometimes and I just cry, right? Go in the car, turn that music up, let it just penetrate your soul. And, you are, and those tears will start to come. If anybody, I hope, if not, go see it. The Shack was amazing. But there's this line in that movie where it says, tears are healing, or 
uh, let the healing water flow. That's what they say because he's mm. crying. So, and that's true. Tears are healing. So put yourself in a position where you can process and you can cry. But then the last thing that I would leave with people is um, we have four areas of well-being that, that make us up as, as a human. Our physical well-being, our emotional, mental, and our spiritual now, spiritual isn't always necessarily tied to religion. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe more about relationship with God than religion. That's just my personal belief, right? Yeah. So, so when it comes to spirituality, though, that also means centering yourself, right? Uh, some people will say meditation. In the Bible, it says, be still. So that all is a matter of just like aligning yourself with the spirit, however that, whatever that means, you know, for the person in our case, this is us with the Holy Spirit and giving yourself time to be still. But the other three areas of, uh, of your well-being are just as important to pay attention to. When you talk about your physical well-being, this plays a huge role in healing because what you feed your body feeds your mind. There are foods that will help to combat depression and anxiety and stress. There's actually a great book that I would um, recommend reading. It's called The Brain Fog, and it's by mm-hmm. Dr. Mike. I forget his last name, but um, The Brain Fog shows you what are uh, ways that you can get out of this like confused state, this anxiety. How can you let go of some of this stress by focusing on the foods you eat? It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal book. So, oh, that and sounds when, so good. Yeah, and then when it comes to the emotional and mental state, those are um, they can over all of these overlap. But sometimes people get confused on how to differentiate your emotional well being and your your mental well being. So I like to think of it this way: your mental well being has to do with um, your thoughts, right? Learning to control your thoughts. Um, Joel Osteen actually said in his book, "You Can and You Will." He said, "Treat your mind like a TV, and if you have a negative thought, turn the channel." Now, it can be hard at first, but the more you practice that, the easier it becomes. So your mental well-being is, you know, what, and, and a way that you can feed, excuse me, a way that you can feed um, your mental well-being is by listening to motivational stuff. <laughs> you can listen mm-hmm. to, you know, Les Brown or Joel Osteen or, um, you know, anybody, like you can listen to motivational YouTubes and that will start to change your thoughts. And then emotionally, your emotional well-being, that has to do with matters of the heart. And again, it has to do with, you know, talking about the complex emotions, finding people who can support you as you're working through that, allowing yourself to cry, knowing that you shouldn't have any shame around these, but, but that your heart is in a place where it needs to heal. So really being in tune with what your heart needs. And, and that's why those are so close, because what you feed your mind impacts your heart. And so all of them are equally important, but, you know, really kind of finding out what works in those areas is going to help you to overcome any past or current emotional distress. I love it. You know, I, I did not, and we're so fortunate and so blessed here, and we did not plan on getting these good nuggets. I have to, I'm trying to write as fast as you're talking. <laughs> We'll go through it and I'll make sure that all of that is in the show notes, because let me tell you, when I, uh, when I lost Richard, I became so um, desperate with God to just, and I just, you know, where do I go? I mean, first I, I learned so much about heaven. I must've read seven or eight books about heaven, but then I just wanted to know, like, how can I, how can I take care of myself so I can take care of my son? Really? That was the very, very first thing. 
And I'll, and I, I know that he gave me resources, not for my benefit, but because we have to share that we have to give that back to the world. So, you know, any of these and more, I mean, I have plenty more that I could share and we'll make sure that those go in the show notes so that people can take advantage of it. I mean, this is so good because the last thing I was going to say was, can you please minister to us and give us the steps or give us some tips because I'm a very practical person. So if, you, if, if a guest is on and I will usually ask for everything that you just laid out for us, it's so good. And yeah. especially that, that, that time of getting in worship and, um, mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. So I, like I said, I'm a part of a, a women's group and we have this prayer circle and we did have a young lady who's been with us. I want to say the whole eight or nine years we've, we've been in existence and she lost her brother last week in a tragic mo- motorcycle accident. And so I know mm. she tunes in every day and she listens and she, two years prior, two years ago, almost to the same uh, time frame, lost her fiance. Oh um, my God. Yeah, to a medical condition, and so, um, you know, we we are a support system, and so this is this is so right in line with, you know, what God has been speaking to my heart. And I remember when I started my journey, and how, in my mindset, and even in my culture, it's very hush hush. Don't talk about it. Just kind of cover it all up. You know, mm-hmm. nobody needs to know what you're walking through medically. Don't talk about it. But the Lord led me to step out and do the exact opposite. Take off the wig. And if you meet someone in the elevator, start talking about, you know, yes. what's going on. And, and the relationships that were formed, Karen, are priceless to this day. I've met other survivors. And they would start encouraging me. And, you know, they had, mm-hmm. you know, their hair grown back, and I never would have known. But I just love everything you talked about. And I believe the Holy Spirit led you to minister to women that are listening. And so I am going to ask if you would please close us out in prayer and just um, pray your heart and the heart of God um, over the ladies that are listening. Yes, absolutely. I would love to. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you first for Candy, for giving her the courage to use her struggle and, and to be to be a vessel of just goodness. Because in this world, man, we are overcome with pain and sorrow, and, and it can really defeat us. But in her moments that she felt that she didn't know what to do, you spoke to her and she was obedient. And now we have this platform where, where we're coming together and we're honoring you and we're talking about real things, real things that we go through. But Lord, just continue to soften our hearts so we can receive the word so that we can grow closer to you. Thank you so much for all the women who are listening because they want to do the work. They want to serve you. And they're looking for resources and they're looking for ways and they're, they're looking for, for people to connect with. And, and because their heart is open, we're going to be able to reach more people. So I thank you for every ear that's listening. I ask that you continue to just work in their hearts, show them what they need to do with these messages that they're receiving from this platform. Heavenly Father, show them what they need to do to be in step with your will for their life. Even as they go through some of the darkest times, just, just let them know in, in an undeniable way that you love them and that you are there with them every step of the way. Lord, I thank you so much for all the people who are in pain right now because they're at a place where they're looking for you. I know what that feels like, and I just want them to know God is here. He's always with you, and he will never leave you. And Lord, in a very special way that you know that your daughter will receive it, show up in her life today, tomorrow, this week. Show up in a place where she knows that we were talking to her 
and that you are there with her and that you will take her beyond this moment of defeat or this, this fear that seems crippling her, that seems crippling and you will take her to new heights, Lord. I pray yes, for every God. ear that is listening, that every heart that has received this, that we will just be overcome by your goodness and your joy and your mercy and your grace, Lord. And we will continue mm. to chase after you because only through that surrender to your will for our life will we be able to be in perfect harmony with where we need to be. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to share my testimony. And I pray that it touches lives and changes lives in ways that I will never even know. And I'm okay with that. But thank you for, for showing up in all of our lives in the right way and the right time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Oh, I'm so happy he introduced us. Yes. <laughs> it was through it was through a friend, but I'm so happy she introduced us. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that Absolutely. he used her as a vessel, so that's <laughs> great. Yeah. Yes, yes. Karen, this was so good. And I wanna let the ladies know, and I always mention it at the end of every show, that we have a chance to get together and see each other face to face. And there are ladies signing up and I don't recognize the names, some I do, some I don't. But on September 16th at 5 p.m. at Majestic Life International, we will be meeting. It's right off of Kirkman near Valencia, if you're local. Um, But we're going to be meeting for a time of worship, prayer, fellowship, laughter, tears. It's really, it's not a conference. I'm I'm trying to tell ladies, it's not a conference. (laughs) But it is a time of fellowship. And our fellowships that we've been doing for the last nine years, are just full of love and support. And we will have a panelist discussion, though. So, Karen, you are more than welcome to come. I don't think I've shared the information with you yet, but if you are free that day, you are you can come join us because the ladies are going to love on you. And, oh, gosh, it will be such a good love time. That. So, ladies, thank you for tuning in. What we need is a call to action. I ask at the end of every show if you would please follow the podcast, comment, and text me, comment, leave us, let us know how this has blessed you. And thank you again, Karen. We bless you. We bless your business, your ministry. And if you would let the ladies know, how can they find you um, more about agency and where, where would they go? Yep. So uh, my personal ministry, I I've separated, I was working all in one, but I've separated this. So my personal ministry and, and anything that I offer for grievers, you can find at Karen Millsap. That's with two L's, KarenMillsap.com. Um, if you're interested in the work that I do through my company agency, then you can go to AgencySolutions.com. And agency is spelled E-G-E-N-C-Y. So it's regular agency, but with an E, because remember, we're the agent to bring empathy to your workplace. So, and I would also encourage, I know we talked about a little bit of practical steps. I'm creating some programs right now that'll be available through Karen Millsap, but I love hearing what you need. So, mm. um, so definitely get in touch with me and, and share your story. And let's talk about that because I'm in a place to serve the people who need it. So that is so good. I love it. I love it all. I love it all. <laughs> so I'll be going out to your website. But I am also going to post these, and um, I'll get I'll get you know the exact notes and, and links from you. I have your links, but I'll post those. Ladies, go check them out. Go meet Karen online and, and get in touch. And let's continue this journey. And we are going to end in victory. That's our promise from God. Amen. So, ladies, thank you for joining, Karen. Thank you so much. It's so great getting to know you. And until next time, ladies, I love you. Be blessed. Bye bye.